The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Hellspawn, and welcome to a very unique bonus episode of Wizards, the podcast guide to comics. You know, on our main episodes, we cover every issue of Wizard Magazine in depth, and during that process, we often explore the comic book movie news and rumors of the time. Now, as a result, on our Heroes in Motion Patreon tier, we have launched the 90s Super Cinema podcast series, where we actually watch and discuss the results of those rumors. And this April, our patrons voted for the 1997 Spawn movie from New Line Cinema which, despite not being a huge blockbuster in theaters, certainly had a ton of hype and merchandising behind it. So in order to get the full picture of the promotion efforts for the film, and basically because my 90s Super Cinema co-hosts Michael and Pete could care less about this topic that excites me to no end, <laughs> I've invited two Spawn experts to share their findings from decades of obsessive research and fandom and collecting. So first up, it's a man who has made it his mission to share Spawn excitement with the universe 24 four hours a day from the daily spot archive we're excited to welcome sterling how's it going good thank you for inviting me oh very excited to have you and of course returning to the podcast if we're talking spawn we got to bring him back from hell seems like he's ready to raise a little along the way it's ty aka the spawn hunter what's up guys glad to be here again all right now sterling since this is our first time talking to you we want to get to know you a little bit better so why don't you tell us your origin story I think going back to, I think maybe 1996, 1997, I was just at the age of like, okay, I love superheroes watching the X-Men, Spider-Man stuff. And then I would go to the grocery store with my parents and like, oh, I want to see more of these characters. So I've been digging through that. And then eventually I stumbled upon Spawn of all things, because I was a big fan of Tom McFarlane did the art. And then I was looking through that. And then like a month later, that came out and I was like, beg my parents to go see that and i was like oh wow i'm a spawn fan afterwards but then of course saw the animated series and i was like oh not the usual uh yeah not cartoon. for kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this so were you discovering spawn comics like were you going to comic book stores were you at did they have it at the grocery store like where where were you discovering the comics themselves at the grocery store and sometimes i would go to visit my grandparents and they have a bookstore in town and i would go over there and pick up random books too of like batman or whatever that's crazy because like i remember like my local grocery store having comic books but it feels like spawn was so intense that like just some of those covers it feels like there's no way they would <laughs> put those out so that that's amazing you were discovering it there so at what point then did you decide i love this movie so much and spawn in general that i'm just going to start posting every day and researching and finding all sorts of stuff to to share with people where did that start i think around 2008 i rediscovered spawn through i think i went to an antique store and I picked up a uh, spawn number eight and i kind of re rediscovered my love of spawn so i have been like a few 
few months later, they're saying, oh, Tom McFarlane's returning for Spawn Endgame. So then I decided to become a Spawn fan again by recollecting all these things. And then I think by December 2021, I decided to be like, okay, next year is going to be the 30th anniversary of Spawn and the 20th anniversary of the film and uh, TV show. So I want to do something to celebrate that. Wow, that's wild. Okay, well, okay, we're going to use some of your expertise as we move forward here. Now, I do have a question for you, Ty, because, you know, the Spawn movie was being hyped for quite a while in the pages of Wizard, and there were also a lot of other image projects that were supposedly getting made in Hollywood, most of which were being announced by Rob Liefeld, probably a little prematurely. They never saw the light of day. So, you know, for some of us reading, it seemed unlikely that this movie would actually make it to the screen. So, you know, we heard Sterling discovers the comic, and all the sudden there's a movie in theaters the next month but for you as you're kind of building up to this moment were you excited or were you maybe a little nervous when you first heard the announcement that a spawn movie was actually in production was going to be released in theaters in 1997 very excited we lived at a time where we didn't have as much trailers behind the scenes or the internet as as heavily used as it is today where people see one image and they're like Oh, it sucks. Oh, you know, oh, this is terrible. No, we had the promotional images that were released by New Line Cinema and Todd McFarlane Productions. And obviously they picked the best images there are, right? Showing off the costume or showing off the background or the villains. Uh, there was a lot of promotion for The Violator. All of these images just, it translated so well into the big screen. And for me and my friends that were looking forward to the movie, we had nothing but a positive outlook towards it. There was none of that tomato meters or anything like that back <laughs> then. No, we just had the promotional images. We had the posters. We had the wizard articles. And we were just very excited to, to see this finally come to fruition after, you know, just not that many years after the comic book came out, which was 1992. So this was uh, uh, an incredible time to be a Spawn fan at the time. Well, it's crazy to think about, right? Yeah, because Spawn was like five years old at this point. Spider-Man had just celebrated his 30th anniversary a few years before when Spawn was coming out, and he still didn't have a movie. You know, so it's amazing that this brand new character all of a sudden is, is getting, you know, his shot at, uh, at the big screen. Now, you know, you mentioned those publicity photos and things we saw. Like, the one that always stuck out to me was where they have that green light that looks like there's like a ball glowing in his hand, you know, and it's kind of that yeah. profile. yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but the other thing is too, if you were reading Wizard a lot at the time, you would see all these photos from conventions where they had the real Al Simmons in a Spawn costume meeting the fans. And so, I, and it was an okay costume. It was, it was a translation of, you know, what Todd had drawn in the comic. But if you thought about that being in a movie at first, you're like, ah, I don't know if that's going to play. And then you saw like, you know, this necroplasmic, you know, like suit, it's all rubber. It's got all the weird textures to it. And you're like, oh, okay, this is that kind of movie. It's kind of like the upgrade of Batman from the, uh, you know, 1966 gray tights to the black leather, the Tim Burton movie. But Sterling, you post a lot of publicity photos. A lot of the research you're doing, you're finding behind the scenes images and things like that. So are there like deleted scenes or like costume variations, things that you've noticed as you kind of sift through and search for that archival media? Oh, yeah. There was uh, a lot of deleted scenes I was surprised to uh, discover, especially even going through uh, uh, the screenplays and going through the trading cards also, seeing deleted scenes of more scenes with Wanda Blake and Al Simmons, like before he died. Oh, be so when they do that montage, they were actual full scenes. Yes, full oh. scenes. It would make a lot more sense Like, be like, okay, at least we can understand like why Al wants to go back to Wanda or something like that. The interesting thing is right after uh, Al Simmons 
blows up the airport. It transitions to uh, a fireplace where you see uh, Al and Wanda. And then through the bedroom, you actually can see Clown actually watching them. Yeah, watching through the window. And then Clown walks to the the car and drops off an air freshener. You can see in the movies, it's like love and bondage or something on it. Yeah, we'll just yeah, and then it's followed up with Clown going to visit Jason Wynn. And then there were other scenes too where I think uh Al Simmons sees the television about the murders of I told there was not supposed to be innocents being killed and he was getting second thoughts about that talking to wanda about that and then there's other deleted scenes i think was it jessica priest was supposed to return as a cyborg what that's crazy really that's why they put her in that dry ice box or whatever for her to return in the script they called her a terminatrix that's crazy wow okay now one of the other things too todd mcfarland did this you know like they kind of followed him around his visit to the set in wizard and he mentions that there was like a smooth costume versus the one that we see in the movie like there was a promotional costume that was maybe a little bit closer to the you know what we saw in the comics but it was still like you know the molded rubber and all that is that something you've come across where you've seen that like an early publicity shot for the movie using that not a publicity shot but i did see concept art of different variations of what it was supposed to be but mostly it's mainly focusing more on the the organic look of it all right now here's the thing so at this time obviously todd mcfarland's enjoying like a massive amount of success with mcfarland toys i mean that's he had his comics moment but really he's kind of pushing beyond that now so let's talk a little bit about the spawn movie action figures because i just remember them being promoted everywhere and so obviously like you know, in the basic assortment you had al simmons you had jason Wynn, you had the clown you had Jessica Priest. You had, the, you know, the standard like combat spawn. I think they call them just looking like spawn with guns to hold. There is spawn without the mask, but still the suit. There was the burnt spawn, like the homeless looking spawn. And then there was a deluxe attack spawn where he had like giant wings or something, or his cape was just big, shredded. And then giant violator and Malbolger, like all these deluxe figures. So I'm curious for you guys, what do you think is the most impressive of those movie figures? And did you go ahead and try to collect those? Sterling was that because obviously we know Ty is big into that, but were like the figures a thing for you at all? I passed through them at KB Toys around that time, but I, I wasn't able to get them at the time. So Ty, what about you? I mean, were you immediately there? Like they're on shelves, got to grab them all, or how did that work for you? It was definitely heavily promoted, like you said, and the ones that everybody was buying and everybody definitely leans to prefer out of that series is the Spawn guy, right? The Spawn actual figure with the mask and the variations at the time, again, it's the the lack of Google, the lack of the message boards or anything like that. It's not like they were, oh, did you know that there's this variant? Did you know there's a, you know, something released in another country? So Everybody was just buying the Spawn figure. And and when you look at it, it is a really well done figure, especially grabs the texture and that shiny look of the movie costume. I have to say there was not much, I guess, attraction towards the other characters like Jessica Priest or Jason Wynn. But the clown was very popular, too. They did really a fantastic job with the clown. It really captured uh, the John Leguizamo look and the violator figure as well, the the bigger deluxe size. So I have to say there was huge anticipation for the figures. They were easily to obtain because there were not that many. And like I said, the variation talk was not yet there. So if you had collected all six figures, you felt complete. Oh, I did it, right? 
But then, oh, well, did you have the unmasked guy? Oh, did you have the masked guy? Oh, did you have the weapons guy? So it, then it got a little crazy, right? But um, out of that set, to answer your question, my favorite one has to be the Spike Spawn figure. And in this case, it's 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 a variant that was only found in Japan. Wow. So this one I really like because it's fully costume Spawn with the mask and with the spikes. So it gives it a nice, nicer look. This figure, you could also find it with the box set that came in a kind of like a fish tank type casing. So you could get that figure as well with the spikes. But uh, that is my favorite figure out of the movie figures. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know about that one. That's wild. And and the other thing that I think is interesting is they also released these play sets, right? So there were like three different play sets. Well, you could get the alley, you could get the graveyard, right? And then the funny thing to me is the final battle, which is like the lowest stakes set, you know, in that movie. It's like, we're going to have a fight in a living room in a suburban <laughs> home, the Fitzgerald family living room. Out of the fireplace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was supposed to be like the budget friendly ending. Yeah. Well, it, it, so I think it's interesting, like those sets, like they came packed with figures, which is really cool, but also so many just little detailed, like extra items, because like the, the, the main figures felt like they were pretty bare bones. It was just like, here's the figure looks exactly like the actors, like amazing likeness, but otherwise it's just kind of, you know, give them a gun or two. But with those, like, do you, is there a favorite like thing that's included in one of those play sets that you can remember that stands out to you? Because like, I think the, the Fitzgerald family in the living room has like even like stuff to put on the mantle of the fireplace like it looks like there's some like candlesticks or something like it's so weird it's very uh interactive because like for example the spawn alley playset there's features where you can actually swing the doors open you can actually connect the spawn figure into a light pole and have him swing over to kick the violator so there are different intricate little things added on details but like you said other than that they're they're very much simple sets when it comes down to what do you get out of it right but they're very well done for the scale and for the detail and then if you're a completist then you gotta have all the sets and did you know that there's a variation out of those sets for the spawn alley playset? you have a variation package which comes with todd mcfarlane as a figure in one of those sets so there's a set without todd and there's a set with todd that's awesome okay so and i wanted to ask about that because yeah they did definitely have you know this tribute right to the creator of spot he gets a cameo in the film you see him a couple times then they release this todd the bum figure which mm-hmm. is hilarious and so my understanding is there was a bagged version that was given away at like toy fair at the trade show itself and then there's like the exclusive like fancier packaging one that was offered to the you know the collectors club members but is this the only time that todd did an action figure of himself to your knowledge as far as i know figure wise that is the total of figures that they made the little figure that came in the back which also it's the same figure that comes with the spawn alley playset. okay and that same figure only probably if you want to say two up it's the Todd, the artist figure that came in in a nicer packaging and it was a collector's club exclusive. So those are the extent of Todd McFarlane being made into a figure. But Ty, I, I see you, you had a few of the items over there to show us. What do you got? A Wizards podcast exclusive. It's this prototype of the Todd McFarlane figure that we were just talking about. Wow. This is the, which is the same mold to use on the minifigure of Todd McFarland or Todd the Bomb on the Spawn Alley playset. And it's also the regular size figure for Todd the Artist 
on the club exclusive figure. So this is the unpainted prototype of Mr. Todd McFarlane himself. That is awesome. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That is so cool. <laughs> I'm not jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. No. <laughs> now, the other thing that's really interesting, because we're interested in the promotion for the film, right? And a, a part of that, too, is given out to attendees of a screening at the Cannes Film Festival, there were these silver figures that were just all, you know, a single color. They came, again, in little plastic baggies, just a little card stapled on top. They look like bootlegs, actually. When you see them, you're like, this was an official McFarlane Toys offering. But I think one was like Spawn in the graveyard, right? And then there was just like a regular Spawn figure, you know, in his kind of action mode is that right so there are several variations of these baggy figures you have the spawn minifigure which is the ones that comes with the graveyard set and it's all silver there's also a mini spawn figure color but with spikes coming out of it that's a really hard to find variant of it there's also a regular size spawn figure with the guns and all the bullets it's all silver there's also a violator from the Spawn Alley, place it also in silver and in the back. Probably that's a grail piece out of this whole back series. And yeah, those are the silver baggy ones. Yeah, so that would be it. Cool. Now, I, I want to come back real quick to just the deluxe attack spawn figure. So Sterling, you kind of is talking about the budget-friendly ending to shoot in, in a living room. To your knowledge, was there a bigger deal ending? Was spawn going to have like giant wings and fly around and battle them? Like, is that a, a part of what was going to happen? The wings were originally part of when uh, spawn flies out of the twist embassy like bones were supposed to be uh, protruding out of his back and then the cape was supposed to cover it turn into wings to fly off so mm. that explains like why he starts floating away for some reason yeah because uh, in the movie we see it's just like the cape gets really big and it's just kind of goes around a building as he disappears yeah like big floating <laughs> jello mold or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. ghostbusters yeah. too yeah yeah and then the uh, the final battle that was originally supposed to be Violator is supposed to pop out of the basement and drag Cagliostro down there. And it was supposed to be like a, I think they call it the hell basement or something. It was a, it was a sequence where it was like just a warped looking basement of like a hellish looking thing. And then Cagliostro has like a face off with Violator, which in which it was actually a lot more of a longer battle where Cagliostro actually does something. Not be like, <laughs> come here, you gecko gets... <laughs> and it turns out he actually uses the broken uh, sword from from his arm and actually uses it to stab Violator at the end of the battle. So oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. All right, now the other big like promotional moment in time, they were gathering uh, a bunch of artists together for Spawn the album. Now th this was a big deal because they had rock bands like Metallica and Marilyn Manson and Korn and Butthole Surfers. Like uh, so the the collection of artists is pretty interesting. But then they they went one step further. They said, well, we're gonna team you up with techno artists so you get like the crystal method and moby or the prodigy you know and they're gonna create new songs together you know just like in comic books we love crossovers you know companies and characters here they're crossing over these different musical artists now what's interesting is this album actually reached number seven on the billboard charts and it was certified gold and i remember reading in the back of some of the spawn comics of this time like when they were getting ready like you know to really push on the movie todd was talking about like all these like special variants and things like that were going to be you know different releases of the album like variant covers and things like that so what do you guys know about the different releases of the soundtrack uh, you want to take it away sure so 
in classic Todd McFarlane fashion, there's one word that you have to think about when it comes down to what he does in the business, right? It's the word variations or variants. So when it comes down to the soundtrack, there was no exception. And you will find not just different covers because you have the Santa Spawn cover, you have the comic book Spawn cover, and you have the movie poster of the profile of Spawn's face on it cover. So right there, you have three different covers for three different CDs. Then you have the LPs, which also feature a blue vinyl compilation, which has the movie poster on the sleeve. And you also have the comic book cover, which was also a limited run. And those come with red vinyls. So variants again. There's also, and I have not seen this in person, but there's supposed to be a black vinyl variation of these records as well. That's just on the surface. And then you have the international releases that in Japan you have, uh, I mean, it was worldwide. Sony Records pushed that soundtrack hard at the time and if you think about it, it still holds up the music it still holds up today the soundtrack it's pretty pretty good like you mentioned different bands different styles techno hard metal and everything else so it holds up as of, as of today so yes there are def definitely out variants out there and it's fun to kind of collect them all uh you can take it a step further and say that there's also cassette tapes of the soundtrack oh and the cassette tapes were also released in different countries as well and to make your hunt even more challenging, there were demo tapes and demo CDs promoting the music before it was a wide open release. There's this, the singles for the Marilyn Manson song. There's singles for the Filter song. And there's cassette tapes, which feature a couple of songs and to promote the album. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. And I believe strongly that this is part of Todd's game when it comes to variation, when it comes to make uh, something different or unique for a different store, for a different country, so that the fans can go and chase after it. Yeah, well, the thing is, so if you are the collector trying to get all that, it's extra hard in this case, because then you have all the Metallica fans, you have the Korn fans, you have all the, the musician fans who are trying to be completionists too, to compete against. But I'm curious, you know, you talked about how the music holds up today. Do you have a favorite track from the album? Do you have the one that says, oh man, this is just all, I'll blast this all day. Is there one that stands out for you? Sterling, are you familiar with the, the album, I'm assuming? Yeah, I have a soft spot for um, Can't You Trip and The Prodigy one. I okay. forgot what the name of that song is. Yeah, I know for me, I had friends who were into Marilyn Manson in high school when this came out. And I was just like, ah, he's too scary. He's too freaky. Not for me. Uh, but then, I, you know, I, I heard his song from this album and I was like, this is a good song. I, you know, I mean, it's it's creepy, but it's like in just the right way. It's so performative and fun. So, you know, and I, I love every time it pops up in the movie. I get excited, whether it's the credits or when he's coming out of the alley. Oh, what do you got here for us, Ty? So here's the... The sample cassette tape for the soundtrack, still factory sealed. It's not even the hard plastic case that you would typically find on these tapes. It's just cardboard, still plastic seal, and you get one, two, three, four songs just in this album sample. And it's like Spawn the Album, the unveiling of the music from the Darkland, soundtrack available on July 29, 1997. So there's that tape, and there's also this one, also in that style cardboard tape, and you get six songs from the soundtrack. You know, you got to love the packaging, promotion. Sony, uh, Immortal Records, pushing the soundtrack uh, to the fans out there. So very well done. It's got Spawn, the Spawn logo on the side, on the cover. So just to give you an idea of how, how crazy these uh, 
the soundtrack yeah. variations get. Wow, yeah. And they had, they had a lot of support for sure. The other thing I just want to mention real quick is obviously, you know, there was the trading cards too. And Sterling, you mentioned that, you know, just like with many trading card sets, there's deleted scenes. Yeah, you find and we're going to be opening a pack of these on YouTube, you know, when this episode comes out just for a little bit of fun. Is there a particular card like that stands out to you, uh, Sterling? What do you think? Like, oh yeah, and it shows this and then you don't see it in the movie. The Malbolger Puppet. Oh, a puppet. Oh, so it's like the behind the scenes, like... Yeah, they actually filmed a, a Malborgia puppet. I was looking through the script, and it turns out that the original cut that they that they made, Malborgia didn't have any dialogue. All you just see is like just him like smiling and stuff. And I think he was only in like two or three shots in the entire film, and that was just about it. But you do see like a quick glimpse of him in the "Can You Trip It Like I Do" uh, music video. Just oh, like the a puppet. Full, like a, yeah, you just like oh. the mouth opening. It's like a blinking, you miss it, but you'll you'll see it. <laughs> And I have to imagine the puppet mouth looks a whole lot better than the CGI mouth. <laughs> Obviously. You can even take the Nalborja toy, shake it, and it looks way better than what the hell the, the movie made. Yeah. Oh, man. That's that's wild. I mean, that makes me sad now. I wish we had that puppet version. Hashtag now, release the Nalborja puppet cut. <laughs> that's right. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, at this time, obviously, the origin of Spawn is the comic books. So there was a comic book adaptation of the movie, which I always find hilarious, right? You know, like when the Batman movies come out, then you get a Batman adaptation, you know, by the actual artists and writers who write the Batman comics. And it's a weird, you know, a snake eating its tail type of thing. But there was also a, a novelization, uh, which I have a copy of, and I'll be talking more in depth uh, when we do our 90s Super cinema episode on that because there there's a lot of fun deleted scenes and stuff in there as well like just different explanations of things but ty do you have an opinion about that comic book adaptation is that something yeah ooh, graded so here's a 9.8 copy of that comic book adaptation i like it because uh, the cover you know you you get a full-blown spawn out of the flames cover right there i thought it was cool to have i grabbed it at a really good price and it's a one shot right it's it's definitely not something that there were three copies of or no it was just a one shot spawn the movie comic book adaptation and it's a thicker book kind of like this spawn batman crossover the presentation is great it's right on point even the image the eye has a violator from the movie and in on the back promoting the comic book as well so Definitely. Uh, I thought it was cool to have. I like little random things like that. So I had to have it for sure. And, and are there no variant covers for that adaptation then? For the adaptation, not that I know of, but hmm. there are different countries adaptations of that comic book. So there are the same comic in different languages. Wow. Okay, cool. So you, could, you could say it's a variant of it, of course. And then uh, the other thing that happened around this time to tie it with the movie was in the Curse of the Spawn comics, the Jessica Priest character is introduced into the official continuity. They give her origin. She's this psychotic little girl who grew up to be a mercenary killer for hire. It's very, there's some very fun issues. I read those. I was like, this is crazy. But I was just curious, did she continue on in the Spawn universe? Did they use her or was it just that brief moment in time to tie into the film to justify Chapel's not here, we have Priest and <laughs> she does exist in the comics now she still exists as of today if you pick up any issue of spawn right now she actually plays a prominent character in uh spawn's continuity as of today awesome okay yeah I, yeah I wish that they did that a little more earlier especially that they're saying oh she's the real killer 
like I wish that she was brought into the picture a little earlier but the only thing you see is just like, like the collage of like villains and stuff you just only see her her head in like a few issues and that was it I was like where is she <laughs> like yeah, yeah. waiting to almost 300 issues for her to return. I was like, like at least she did come back. <laughs> now, uh, the other thing that Todd did is I have this, uh, you know, in the main continuity with issue 65. Yep. There you go. I you got your graded copy time. <laughs> so he actually did, you know, a, a movie still, you know, live action cover with him and spawn in the alley, you know, all that going on. But inside there, it's just a guide to each of the characters in the spawn universe, just like a picture of them. And then like a bio. And you know, obviously he's trying to make it a jumping on point for new readers who want to catch up with everything. But I have to ask, did that frustrate you uh, as a spawn reader, having that interruption of the story, just to have everything explained to you that you already knew? So, so the one that you just shown, um, which is this one, it's the cover for Spawn 65. The inside story, it's not connected to the movie at all. It's just the, it's just that he used the cover uh, as a promotion to the movie. Mm-hmm. While the continuation of the comic book was happening, this comic came out around the time the movie came out. So this was a tie-in to promote the movie featuring that. The comic that you're referring to, it actually looks like a... It's got Spawn in the middle, and it's got the different faces of the, the villains. You okay. got Jesse Priest, Clown, Jason Wynn, right? That comic is actually the comic that was given out of the movie theater, and that was the guide. And that cover is super hard to find in good condition, I would say. I've seen it pop up, but because it was handed out to people standing in line or at the movie theaters, it was really, really hard to come by. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I guess just because when I when I see what's inside, where it's just like it, each page is a different character, I just assumed you know it's just like oh, okay, well, but, that, but that's yeah. cool that they did an actual like one to hand out in theaters. That's pretty neat. Yes, that one I don't. I mean, it's you can find it. I just I like to find one in really good condition, and it's been very very hard to find in good condition. Yeah, doesn't have popcorn yeah. grease and butter all over. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have my copy. Yeah, oh. luckily in good condition. Did you get it that day or did you get it after the fact? Oh, no, like years later. Okay. Uh, was a popcorn butter free. <laughs> we got to talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Make a deal. Because I, I remember going to the theater to see it opening weekend, but they, my theater I was at was definitely not handing out the comic or I would have held on to that. I mean, I, uh, I, you, you see that today with the popcorn tins. You see that today with those little prints, poster prints that they give out. But yeah, you kind of miss that. They did that with Star Wars special editions. They had the Luke Skywalker figure. But yeah, you you miss those days for sure. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up is this. So there, there, every movie that came out at this time had to have the official movie magazine, you know, the, the making of the movie thing. And it gives you all the behind the scenes stuff. The thing I find interesting about this is that Wizard in like an, an issue, like a couple months before the movie was coming out, said, oh, we're working on a Spawn special magazine for the movie and it's going to come out. And then ultimately when the movie happens, they just do like 16 pages in an issue where they have all the stuff they must have been working on they wanted to release a full special so i don't know if you guys ever heard anything like where todd just decided to let titan books produce it instead of wizard for some reason because like it's fine but it's really like bare bones and even like the the printing is not great like the stills for the movie and stuff and i'm just like wizard would have made this thing look beautiful and and this way it's just kind of like ah, it's generic although i I am very excited when i see spawn with kiss in there because <laughs> those were the mcfarland figures i was collecting that particular promotional item let's call it there are so many different ones over 
different countries. So you can pick up one from Japan. You can pick up one from, I believe there's a Russian one, and they all look the same, black cover, just like that, only released from different countries. So I have been trying to pick up all, I have four different editions of that making of booklet. It's just part of the crazy hunt of the, of the variants. Oh, and obviously, I mean, I'm sure there were other magazines at the time that were doing profiles on the Spawn movie and things like that as well. You got to collect. The thing I wanted to mention here as well, because in, in this issue 65, they actually do have, you know, a promotion for the Spawn cards that were coming out. But also there's like one page, <laughs> a single page of uh, Spawn merch. And so you have like a couple t-shirts, you have a mug, you have some shot glasses and things like that. Where Todd seems to be all about merchandising and hype, it seems like a very small offering. So I'm curious, what are some of the more unique Spawn movie collectibles you guys have seen in your researching or that you've actually been able to add? Like Sterling, are you, again, you're, you're putting up, you know, different things every day online. Is there a, a certain like promo item, you know, whether it's a baseball cap or a shirt or something that stands out to you? The Spawn Crucifixion necklace. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's, just, that's just kind of like, if you don't know like the context to it, it's like, uh, you know, imagine rocking that at your uh, religious grandparents house you get the spank of a lifetime is that something like is it supposed to be like in the movie when he gets crucified on the fence is it doing that or is it just okay yeah when he gets crucified uh yeah on the fence there whoa you have a piece of the fence wow ty rocking a piece of the fence that spawn was impaled on in the movie <laughs> that's right so this is an actual i guess we could call it a prop from the movie it's made of metal but it has these features here to lock into place so when michael j white was hanging it could hold his weight and gave him that crucifixion look but this is part of that fence if you watch that movie then like sterling mentioned there's that reference too wow so today so i'll get cool. it signed by michael j white hey <laughs> can i appeal you on this michael j white <laughs> yeah can I get a little bit of your blood on it come on <laughs> But like, as far as like the the main line stuff that was promoted, is there something we haven't covered that was either part of like a promotional event that you're aware of, or again, just like something kind of weird they put out that they thought would uh, get people's attention? I would say part of the promotional was this matchbook of matches. These are real matches, not a prop, and it's got promotion for the spawn the movie, right? And it's got the spawn poster picture new line cinema august 1st spawn i think that's unusual right especially today hey kids here's matches yeah yeah especially putting your face on the one thing that that killed them yeah. <laughs> that's a good point it's like, it's like putting batman's parents face on a gun it's like <laughs> <laughs> well i mean to me like when I, when I look at that what comes to mind is if you think about especially like Schwarzenegger and like a lot of the big wig Hollywood people at the time, what are they doing? They're smoking their stogies. They got their cigars, right? So I'm wondering if that was more like to pass around town in Hollywood to be like, hey, yeah, let me give you a light. Then you give them the whole matchbook after that. Like, I don't know. Maybe New Line was a little more savvy than we thought. Hey, girls, <laughs> need a light? Put your phone. Here's my phone number in this. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> Another item. And, yeah. and this one's very special because it's not something you can find off the stores or anything like that. But when the movie was completed, Todd McFarlane or McFarlane Productions put together a little something for Industrial Light and Magic, who were responsible for the special effects for the movie. So there's this heavy spawn movie bust, right? Wow. And as you can see on the bottom, it would say Industrial Light and Magic 1997. 
And it was one of those gifts for the completion of the movie. And this was very, very hard to find. And now it's here, part of the collection. I would trade my Butterfree Spawn book for that. (laughs) (laughs) At least make a cast of it and produce, you know, a wax version of it. Give that to Sterling. Yeah, that's cool, though. Wow. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like because that when I was also reading this, you know, behind the scenes day in the life of Todd McFarlane, uh, one of the things he was very big about when he was visiting the set is he had printed up or printed up. I don't know how you say it with a hat. You know, he just had stitched together some hats for the crew with the spawn logo. And I'm assuming it had something unique on it, you know, to identify that it was for them. But he was so concerned with this box of hats throughout the whole day. He kept telling people, yeah, well, where's that box at? We want to make sure everybody gets it we'll keep it safe we'll lock it up don't worry Todd you know which I thought was hilarious so I'd be so curious to know yeah like the the crew jacket the crew hat you know what what people got to to wear on set that would be nice so it does exist somewhere it does they're out there I've seen him pop up from time to time I know there's collectors out there that do like buy buy the t-shirts the hats the jackets and I have seen those for sure well, so no, as we wrap up our discussion, you know, we're talking about all these fun things they did that got us excited about the movie. But let's talk about briefly the movie itself. Do you guys like the Spawn movie? Sterling, is does it live up to your expectations? And even knowing all the stuff, what could have been? How, do you like it in director's cut? Do you like theatrical cut? Where are you at? I am shocked it wasn't nominated for a Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I prefer the the director's cut. There's some things that I like in the theatrical cut that wasn't in uh, in the director's cut. I just kind of wish that it kind of pushed forward to be a little more R-rated with uh, the director's cut. But the CGI is, is the one thing that's kind of. Uh, but overall, I enjoy it. It's it's kind of a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. What about you? What do you think, Ty? I like it. I like it. I I'll be in the spawn room sometimes and I'll pop it on the on the TV and just kind of like have it play in the background. I'll ignore the Malbolgia scenes just because the CGI. But then once that part is over and I can I do prefer the the spawn kind of rediscovering his powers and kind of training before the final battle. So those scenes I really like because I get to see, you know, the costume up close. And he's just in a more natural non-CGI pose. And you can you can see the detail they put on the costume, which I have seen in person, still negotiating into getting into the spawn room. But the spawn, <laughs> the spawn costume is pretty cool. And you have to admire that they made a costume that is non-CGI, that it was a costume that it was uh, you can touch. And it's got all that, you know, that fiber and all of that. And, and, and it's great. Right. They put this costume on the gloves where it came in separately, then the mask comes on top. But the actual the actual costume is so thick and it's got all that detail, all those reds. And so I, I come to appreciate the practical effects that went on to the movie. So those scenes where you can you can see the practical effects, I really can dig in and start watching it for sure. I like it. It's, it's watchable. You know, like people say, oh, I got to watch that movie now. And I'm like, go in with low expectations. And you'll be fine. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, at the time, like, I, you know, I wasn't deep into Spawn. I pretty much only knew Spawn from Wizard Magazine. So when I went to the theaters to see the movie, I was just like, okay, I'm just taking for granted this is what Spawn is. And I liked it at the time. Like, I, I thought it was good enough. Like, it, it, as superhero movies go, it's cohesive. It makes sense. Like, there's a movie I love called The Shadow, which is fun, but it is a mess. Like, in editing, and it's choppy, and you're just, the tone changes back and forth. And I 
I love it to death, but I'm just like, Spawn is consistent throughout. Like you say, the practical effects are fantastic. I love the motorcycle scene. That is so cool. Like, I'm shocked they didn't make a toy out uh, of the Spawn cycle. You would assume that, especially like like an Evil Knievel type of like wind-up thing that shoots out <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's like the, like the most toyetic thing that you would assume that they would have made out of it. Like, well, and I'm curious, now that you bring that up, to your knowledge, was there any type of Spawn costume like halloween costume or reproduction because you know ty you mentioned how great that suit is so aside from owning the real one you know one of the stunt performers costumes like did they ever release like anything you could wear not based off the movie look Hmm. but there are spawn costumes that were released for halloween purposes there are two different costumes but none of them look as like the movie version there are masks there's two different masks based off the movie look, but not costumes like they did in prior years. Okay, but the, they did release a mask at least. They, there's two masks for Spawn and there's two masks for Clown. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, well, like, that's good like, to know. Yeah, it's like a, like a latex mask you can put mm-hmm. on for, for Spawn. So it would have been in the Halloween stores that, that October, okay. Oh, for sure. That's great. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that at least. Because, yeah, with all the work they put into it, it seems like you just got to make a mold of the costume, you know, the masks you already created, and there it goes out to the public. That's kind of cool. So, but yeah, overall, to me, you know, a lot of people, yeah, you look at the CGI, you say, ah, they were over ambitious, maybe. But, but I think that, that it is a fun accomplishment, I think. And to your knowledge, guys, like, has Todd ever made an official statement about how it came out like does he like it does he feel like it should have been different obviously he's been trying to push his own project you know as a reboot for years and years but how does he approach uh you know the reaction to the 1997 film the stuff that i've read based on that question to todd it's always gonna have been in the lines of you know for the time and for the technology that we had at the time we were limited And with those limitations, we still released something that was pretty much up there. I think they were beat by Air Force One with Harrison Ford that came in number one that weekend. But he accepts the fact that, you know, he was against Harrison Ford and and an action movie. So coming in number two, it still was a high grossing movie uh, with everything that they had, all the challenges they had and the special effects limitations they had at the time. I think he accepts that and he feels proud of the work that was done with those challenges in front of him. So so I don't think I hear or read the words regret, right? Because it kind of like George Lucas, when he made Star Wars, he also had, he didn't have CGI, right? Years later, he felt like, oh, in the future, I can go back and redo it. Um, but the movie stands on its own as it is with the practical effects especially. I think that'd be hilarious if Todd McFarlane did a special edition of Spawn. <laughs> Please fix the Malboja. I know. <laughs> That would be awesome. All right. Well, guys, this has been a great discussion. Just thank you so much for joining me and, and being a part of this. And again, sharing your exclusives and your expertise and your knowledge, everything that is, is one of a kind experience here. Uh, so uh, why don't you guys tell us where people can interact with you online, where they can see all that you have to offer uh, day in and day out. So Sterling, where are you at? Uh, you can find me going through Tom McFarlane's trash, or you can find me at Spawn Archive on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find me on YouTube at Daily Spawn Archive. Awesome. And Ty, how about you? 
you can find Spawn Hunter on Instagram. Just search Spawn Hunter. YouTube, Spawn Hunter channel. And on Twitter, at Pogoman or hashtag Spawn Hunter. And you know where to find your friends at Wizards for a hell of a good time. At Wizards Comics on Twitter. At Wizards underscore comics on Instagram. Find us on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, we are going to be releasing a special video version of this conversation with the highlights of all that we've talked about, especially showing off Ty's collectibles that he has been sharing with us all throughout this conversation. Additionally, there is going to be an extended section about the VHS tapes and all the variations there that were not a part of this discussion. So if you want to get that special, go on over to our YouTube channel, check it out there. And that's not all. As mentioned, we're also going to have the opening of the vintage pack of Spawn movie trading cards. That'll be another video you can find. But outside of that, I want to just remind you to get on over to patreon.com forward slash wizards comics. Why? Well, our heroes in motion tier, as you heard in April, we are discussing the Spawn movie. Michael, Pete, and myself will be having a very interesting discussion, I'm sure, getting their opinions. You've heard a little taste of what I think about the movie. So that's for those who subscribe to Heroes of Motion, get your 90s Super Cinema bonus episode every month. But outside of that, if you're just one of our normal patrons at the $5 level, you're also getting a fully uncut video and audio version of this conversation with even more extra content. So there is so much going on for our patrons, and we keep adding folks to the mix. It's growing and growing over there, so we're so thankful to all our patrons who make it possible we give you this little tease to hey invite you on over let you know that you are certainly welcome but hey until next time (laughs) i'll see you in hell This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.